so I'm not gonna be able to see the comments. We are live. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Muzzle Is Off podcast. I am your host, Nakia Monet, and I have some awesome, awesome, awesome guests with me today. Uh, as we begin to tackle the topic, uh, the subject matter for today, which is on human sexuality. But the way in which we're actually going to discuss human sexuality is we're going to discuss it um, as in, uh, I'm gonna say in a, in, a, in a form of a social concept. We're not going to discuss human sexuality as it pertains to biology, because biology tells us that a man should be attracted to a woman and a woman should be attracted to a man. <laughs> That's the that's the uh, that's the biology uh, standpoint of you know human sexuality, but when we begin to discuss human sexuality uh, as far as a social concept, uh, as part of a social construct, we begin to understand that there are other factors that come into play um, with human sexuality when you look at it uh, in the in the eyes of a social concept. So I'm going to introduce my guest that I have one here with me today. We have Marcus. Marcus. Hey, how you doing? We have Gail. Hello, everyone. We have John. How y'all doing, man? And we have Chelsea. Hello, everybody. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna start this off um, just giving a brief background of why I decided to discuss human sexuality, um, and I truly decided to discuss human sexuality because I really felt that it is something that is one of the most misunderstood uh, concepts for today. It's misunderstood in the in the realm of race. It's misunderstood in the realm of gender. It's misunderstood in the realm of class. This is something that we truly just lack uh, a, a deeper level of understanding. And even today with where we're at with, uh, with, with the country today, um, even in the world today, but specifically with the United States of America, um, we begin to, uh, especially for African-Americans, for black people, if we truly begin to understand uh, human sexuality, what drives us, what drives our attraction, um, you know, how we think, how we move, uh, what, how, how we actually um, can determine uh, and, and, and as a whole, what drives us, what drives us to be attracted to another person. Um, we sometimes fail to understand where the concept actually came from. Uh, like I said in the beginning, we understand biology. We understand uh, in, a, in a biological uh, concept that a man is born and, well, a boy is born, right? A male is born and that male grows up to be become a, a boy. That boy turns out to become an adolescent boy, a teenage boy. Mm -hmm. That teenage boy then transforms into a young man and then that man then transforms into a man. And we understand that in that realm of growth, of the growth pattern, that they should be attracted to a woman. And the same thing happens with a girl. A girl is born, a female uh, is born based on anatomy. And then, you know, she goes through her stages and in the stages of life, then she should be attracted to a man. But what we fail to understand is that there is another aspect to human sexuality, which is 
the social aspect of human sexuality. And we don't quite grasp that aspect of human sexuality. And when we don't grasp it, we tend to make a lot of different judgments based on what we're not fully understanding. And that's why I wanted to discuss it today. And I, I wanted to discuss it today because when we see what's going on in the culture today, in society today, in America today, we begin to understand that somewhere along the lines, um, African-American people, Black people were dehumanized in such a way that not only were we considered not even to be humans, we were also considered to not even have a real human sexuality. A lot of what took place during slavery uh, shaped and formed our social concept of sexuality. And that's what I wanted to truly discuss today. I wanted to discuss that. I wanted to take it back to the beginning in order for us to truly understand where we are today. And the only way how we're able to do that is if we dissect what happened during slavery. And part of what happened during slavery, especially to men and women, African-American men and women, is African-American men and women were raped. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had to participate in breeding farms. Mm -hmm. They had uh, some men were, in any way, some women, uh, men were castrated, Mm -hmm. suffered from genital uh, mutilation. had to entertain their slave masters uh, sexually. And then you had a system that that was used in order to break them. Um, There are reports that say that the buck breaking is is not true, it's fiction, it's it's not the true depiction of the story, but um, I beg to differ because the the truth of the matter is, is that there was a system in place in order to break slaves, male slaves, uh, so that they would not rebel. And that's what I want to discuss today, because I believe that if we begin to understand human sexuality in a social construct, we will begin to understand where we are today as far as human sexuality. So I will, I wanted to provide that framework of the discussion today, because I think that that is important to understand the the concept and and where I'm going. Um, So Marcus, I'm gonna ask you, what's your take on this? Um, as far as slavery and sexuality, mm-hmm. um, I would say, um, like you said, they use sexuality uh, in various ways, not only to breed, um, not only to give people, uh, to create social class, uh, who's the master, who's the slave, who's in charge. Um, I would say we still see some of that mentality today as far as many people experience sexuality um, in different ways. Um, and in my opinion, most people's sexuality is, um, they their sexuality is developed by what they experience. So maybe they might experience uh, sexuality through a preferred way, or maybe they might might have experienced it through a healthy way. Who's to say, you know, I have my life and I have my views and values. And so how I view life is how I pretty much is what's going to attract me sexually. Um, Now, um, when it comes to others, um, like I said, when it comes to slavery, 
they were exposed to certain things. Um, mm -hmm. Things that fortunately I'm not exposed to now um, because I don't know how it would uh, respond to it. Um, how can you respond to uh, breeding farms? You know, that wasn't that wouldn't be culturally acceptable now, even though it's happening. Um, it's happening now. <laughs> it might not be happening in that said way, but it's it's still happening now, um, which is um, when I was thinking about it, it, it is very baffling that we still have some of the same uh, unhealthy sexual practices that was practiced back then. Now, today, it's just seen in a different light. I agree. I agree. Anyone else? I agree with you, Morgan. I agree with you, Ms. Morgan. I appreciate the platform. I think it's important for today, right? Because if we truly understand fundamentally what was going on, we will begin to understand what's happening today. See, that's what I was, you know, I appreciate mm -hmm. like I was saying, because when you speak of uh, human sexuality socially in any form, uh, and you speak of the beginnings and now, so we can understand where we at now, mm -hmm. and all things begin with God, you feel me? So, from that aspect of uh, sex being perverted on by these fallen angels uh, that were cast down here, the Nephilim you know, that they produce, sexuality has been perverted in, in so many different ways. Down to this day, you can't even, I mean, to wrap my mind around just one topic of it is, or two topics of it, it's kind of baffling, you know, it kind of leaves you exasperated exhausted because there's so much going on in this world but it's all spiritual and um sex is it's not going to be on a male's level perspective or a female's perspective it's basic like you say fundamental mm -hmm. out of uh, a spiritual righteous order amen i ain't casting no stones you feel me mm -hmm. but i say this It's difficult being a a, a black male. Mm -hmm. Being a, a black female, regardless. But I don't want to give too much credit to our people because our people have been weak for so long. They don't know how to be strong, and so they they fall for anything instead of standing silently. And just letting God uh, do His thing, mm -hmm. because we all fucked up. As beautiful as you are, as beautiful as handsome as we can be, we all dress up nicely. Mm -hmm. Up, so we reaching out, we trying to encourage, we trying to be involved in something bigger than ourselves. And whatever the platform may be, sexually or economically, philosophically, metaphorically, I'm with y'all. But it's gonna get real, real out here. Even where we at on, on this social media, 
I work in, I don't know how I ended up working in telecommunications. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. right. God put me in a position to see some things and understand some things and grasp some things on a level where I just have to be a watcher. I get paid for looking, learning. And the message that um, I'm receiving, I have to pass on to my people but not by me because I can't tell y'all nothing that ain't from God. And the message is simple. It's just to prepare. You know, they say uh, the Bible is uh, an acronym for basic instructions before leaving earth. Am I correct? Yep. But in actuality, it's basic instructions before living eternally. You can say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm saying that to say that y'all read y'all instructions carefully. Y'all meditate on what y'all read when y'all share y'all podcast. Miss Moye, I love you. You don't even know it. I kill for y'all. And I'm going to say it like that because shit necessary and going to be necessary. And there's a lot of people out here that's scared. Mm-hmm. That's got to feel. But I feel my people. That fear is love. And it's a misunderstanding and a misun- being misunderstood, you know? Yeah. So for my sisters and my brothers, don't worry about nothing. Oh, I got you. Thank you, John. John said, and I'm out. You you saw that? <laughs> John said, I said what I said, and I'm out. It's a wrap. That's and I'm out. Is. Hello. <laughs> it, that's it, okay? <laughs> I kill for y'all. I'm a stand for y'all, and I'm out, okay? Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel them on that. But the truth of the matter is, like, if we really break this thing down into understanding why we have to fight the way that we fight even today, even what is going on right now. And we truly look at the system of slavery, how slavery was put into place. And we look at the system of how it was used in order to break us and how it was used in order to literally humiliate and dehumanize us, literally to remove us away from our natural, you know, there's nothing wrong with sexuality. It is natural. You understand what I'm saying? It is it is it it truly is something that you were born with. Okay, you were born with an innate ability to attract. Some of us are born with the innate ability to deflect and detract. But we ain't talking about them today. We talking about the one us that is born with the innate ability to attract. Right? We're born with this ability to attract. Whatever that that is that we attract, we're born with it, and we were literally stripped of it. And we're still technically being stripped of it today. And the way that we're being stripped of it today is we're being basically treated as if we are less than, as if we are nothing, as if we are not human, as if we are not this sexual human being that deserves the the right to explore our human sexuality. This is not something that is, is, is a law that needs to be passed to give to us, no. But it is something that we are literally being denied. And we're being denied this 
on a larger scale than ever before. When you truly look at what's been going on, even today, we see an image of a black man being arrested, held to the ground, being restricted, can't breathe, can't fight, can't move, can't do anything, can't say anything. Number one, that's dehumanizing. That is humiliating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking mm -hmm. away his manhood because he has no power. Exactly. Those are the same kind. If you really look at it, that is how we were broken during slavery. But we don't want to. We don't want to. We want to say y'all need to forget about slavery. Stop talking about that. That happened back then. That that that's not going on today. You're not slaves today. You're free today. No, we're not free. We're free. But you. The concept of freedom says, well, you know what? You can get up. You can go to work. You can go see your family. You're not working on a plantation. You're not picking cotton. You're not growing tobacco. You're not growing rice. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not being raped by a white master. You're not being abused by the missus. You're not, you know, that, that's, what, that's what we compare freedom to, right? Mm -hmm. Because but we, what we fail to realize is that, okay, we might not be in slavery times, but we're still yet slaves. Right. And that's what we're failing to understand. When you have a system that has been in place to say, I'm going to dehumanize you. I am going to strip you of your sexuality. I'm going to tell you your black isn't beautiful. I'm going to tell you that what you stand for, who you are, doesn't exist anymore. You want to know who you are? What's your name? Toby. Mm -hmm. Because now I got to change your identity. So now I got to change how you view yourself. And th this is this is all, that's why I said we have to view human sexuality as a social construct. Because when you start to really think of what did you experience that drives your sexuality? This is why people want to talk about perversion. You want to know why there's so much perversion? There's so much perversion because you allowed rape. You allowed sodomy. You allowed homosexuality. Because let's tell the truth. It wasn't a concept in Africa. We got that through a westernized society. And that's the truth of the matter. So we can try to negate this stuff all we want. But the truth still lies in history. And history tells us that we have been sexually exploited for so long to the point where we are not viewed as human beings. Even in 2020, we're still yet being exploited. And we still, you know, if 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 you're too if, if a woman is too aggressive, oh she's an angry black woman. If a if a black man is 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 is, is aggressive, oh he's angry. Right. You know, oh if I see a little boy walking down the street, oh he's clearly he's a thug because he's wearing a hoodie and I need and I need to arrest him. Oh no, oh you're you're viewing a house that is not even a house, it's just it sticks that is being built. Oh, but because you walked in there, oh no, you're automatically a thief and you're running and I got to chase you down to Miller Street and shoot you because I am taking on the role of overseer. Mm -hmm. 
You see, that's that that's what's happening today. Okay, because we have not yet dealt with the simple concept of what was actually going on. When we talk about human sexuality and the exploitation of the slaves, all of this ties into what's going on today. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's sad that we cannot view it this way because we refuse to see it. And we refuse to take the blinders off. Go ahead. Um, I don't know if it re that we refuse to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is that no one allowed us to express it. Um, I watched two therapists. Um, one name is Dr. Anita Phillips. The other one is Dr. Thelma Bryant, which is Jamal Bryant's sister. They both have podcasts. And one of the things they talk about in great detail and great lens is how we were stolen from Africa and how we were stripped of our identity um, and placed into America. And, and from a psychological standpoint, how our cells and our body remembers that trauma. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we don't handle very well as African-American people is trauma. Mm -hmm. Because as we have grown, we have always been told to be that strong black woman, be that strong black man. Don't tell what went on in the house. Don't tell what goes on. So we have never had a place where we can fully talk and express how we feel about all the social injustice. Um, hold on. I just got a tornado warning um, in Philly. Uh, Stay safe. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm looking out the window, and Kia, no, I got anxiety. So, bear with me, guys. Going through Philly. <laughs> um, the way this rain and stuff just started swirling around, it, it looked like it for a second. But back to what I was saying. Um, and so, because we don't know how, we've never had the safe space mm -hmm. to express how all those things felt. We never had it in our own homes. And then when we go outside, uh, what we call white America doesn't give us um, a safe space. So where do we go to express that? So I think it's more than just um, us denying it. We deny it because we don't have a safe space to express it, if that makes sense. Marcus? Oh, I believe I believe it does make sense. Um, but I will also add to that, not take away from it. Um, I do believe that we as African-Americans or um, minorities, however you want to see it, um, we do have a safe place. Um, and that's family. Uh, Yes, things that happen in a family that uh, we were told that to, to, uh, shush about and this and other things and et cetera. Um, I believe we're still, we're still, um, though we're not physically in slavery, we're still mentally in slavery. I do agree with that. Um, we become slaves to different things. Um, and, and to that, we haven't allowed ourselves as a people 
Um, even if you take race out of it, we haven't allowed ourselves as a people to recondition ourselves to what's important. Um, healthy sexuality, uh, in, in my opinion, once again, is going to come from a healthy family. That doesn't mean that a person, a person isn't able to go and ex uh, indulge in any deviant fantasies or deviant lust or anything like that. You know, once again, we, we've, we're talking about exposure. Um, mm -hmm. We're we can be exposed to healthy sexual practices, um, sexuality. We can be exposed to the family unit. Um, do we want it though? Mm -hmm. Do do we want it? Yes, ma'am. But how many of our family units are in a healthy is a healthy family unit? One thing I've, I've learned through my studies of psychology is that this, you don't know that you're in a dysfunctional situation until somebody points out to you that it's dysfunctional. Right. And many of us have been living in dysfunctional households yep. and, and family mm -hmm. structures. And it's not until somebody points out to us that it's dysfunctional. And then we say, oh, that, oh, that's not abnormal. Mm -hmm. Secondly, mo a lot. If you talk to a lot of people, family structures are not safe places anymore. No, they're not. Mm -hmm. So you're you're saying even if we just look at the levels of right now, we're in COVID nineteen and everybody has been sheltered in place. The level of domestic violence and child abuse and neglect that has been going on within family homes has been astronomical. Some of my friends that are social workers and therapists talks about what was actually scared and afraid for some of their clients, for many of their clients to be home because they found the safe space at the school safer than in their homes. And the last thing is there are a lot of tools that we were not taught so there's a lot of things that we don't know. We don't have the skill set, the tools to use to 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 uh, de-escalate, to uh, show emotions that's more than just fear and aggression and anger. Um, we're missing a lot of things, and those things was taken from us, and we were stripped of those, that identity back in slavery and we continue to perpetuate the cycle. And now that's why we where we are right now. But that's why, that, and that's one of the reasons why I said the conversation is important because it literally is important to understand what sexuality is. And it literally, it's, it literally is something that will drive how we feel, how we think, how we behave. You know, and we don't we don't think of it that way. We we just think of sexuality as I want to have sex, or mm -hmm. this is what I'm attracted to. But we, mm -hmm. we don't view it as what it actually is, which it literally is a fundamental driver in who we are and how we are as a whole. And a lot of the way that we are is due to what took place so long ago that has literally. You know, in church, we always talk about generational curses, right? You know, what things that can be passed down from generation to generation. And when we when we discuss generational curses, we, we need to understand that some of this generational curse happened four, five, six hundred years ago. 
You know, when you have a history of rape in a family, when you have a history of literal dehumanization within a family structure, you know, I, I saw a post. It was, it was, it was, it, it, it was a, it was. The post pissed me off um, because of what what was written and how it was written, right? Um, because it was it was literally to poke fun at saying. You know, black people don't need this. They they need they need their family structure fixed. And I read the post and I said to myself, "Well, you ruined our family structure, okay? Mm -hmm. Because let's tell the truth. During slavery, okay, our family structure could not exist. If the master wanted to sleep with the wife, master had power to sleep with that wife." If master wanted to rape yeah. the husband, master had power to rape the husband. If master wanted to rape the five-year-old daughter, master had power to rape the five-year-old daughter. There, there was no um, respect. So when you view it from that concept to put it into modern day terms, you ruined our family structure. You ruined how we viewed ourselves. The country, right? Because slavery was was in fact law. So you ruined all of this, and now you're telling us what we need to fix and how we need to fix it. But the way in which it it truly has to be fixed is by understanding and people literally going into deep levels of therapy to understand why this occurred. And we can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room because we don't want to deal with slavery. That is like a taboo topic in, 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 in some black families because we don't wanna teach true history. We don't wanna teach the fundamental basic to our children so that they can understand what happened, why it happened, why we are the way that we are, why we think the way that we think and why we have them do the things that they do. One of the things I, I, I actually, I pride my parents with this is the fact that they didn't sugarcoat anything for me and my sister. Um, they were very conscious, they were very aware. And, you know, we used to watch, I believe it came on Sundays, like it is with them. We would watch 60 Minutes with them. We would watch all the, you know, whatever came on PBS, we was, we was watching it right with them. Why? Because they wanted to make sure that we were not ignorant to the fact of who we are, what's going on, and our history. Because we have to understand history to understand why we are in the position and in the place where we are today. And if you don't understand sexuality at its core, which is really behind how you feel, how you think, and how you behave, that's why half this stuff that's going on right now, when people see aggression, when they see, you know, we, 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 what, what do they say? Oh, well, well, just comply with the police. Well, first of all, they've never really been for us. So therefore we can't just comply blindly. We have to comply within reason to understand what, are you, what is it that you want? What is it that you're saying? What is it? Why are you, why are you even addressing me today? And Jamel, I see that you joined. So I am going to turn this over to you. Hi, sir. Hello, how are you? Um... Thank you for inviting me, and sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, I've been enjoying the show so far, and um, some things I may have missed. So if I repeat something someone has said, please forgive me. Um, but one of the things that I think that most of us 
don't understand about sexuality is that sexuality is literally the key to creation. It is creative power. Mm-hmm. And when sexuality has been contaminated, then that means that someone else controls that creative power, that creative flow. And in slavery times, there were many times where women and men were raped. Uh, they called it buck-breaking for men. Uh, there, were, there were times where uh, they would literally have the children have sex with their mothers. Mm-hmm. Hence, we get the term mother effer because that was part of the psychological breakdown of our people. It was part of the, the psychological breakdown to rob us of our ability to create ideas, to create uh, 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 strategies. Mm-hmm. They wanted to rob us so that we could stay docile, so that we can stay submitted. And today, the way I see it, I see it within our police department, how they do the same tactics. You know, like you said, you know, uh, they were called overseers and now they're called officers, Mm -hmm. you know, and these officers, they, they have a problem with eye contact. Eye contact is very big when it comes to sexuality, you know, and they have a very big problem with black men making eye contact with them because they feel dominated. And what I also understand is that rape was used as a tool to force submission onto us in slavery times. They wanted to make us feel like we were powerless, feel like we were hopeless. And the thing about feeling is this feeling, however you feel is what you will manifest. Right. So in those days, that's what they did. And then today when we bring it up to date and we see how the police are, they, they use, they use, uh, 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 they use intimidation mm-hmm. to make us feel powerless, to make us feel like we don't have, the ability to fight back or make us feel like we don't deserve to fight back, make us feel less than. And, and, you know, unfortunately we haven't, we haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's on, on, on these conversations that we've never had. You know, there, there are silent conversations going on that we have never expressed verbally. There are silent conversations going on that we have never even uh, 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 taken time to investigate within ourselves and, and, and we, we wonder what's going on. We wonder why do why do we act like this or or why do we carry ourselves like this? Not realizing that written in our DNA through the trauma, through through the through the experiences that 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 basically ripped our souls, ripped mm-hmm. our spirits, through those experiences, we have internal conflict that we didn't even know anything about because it was Put in our DNA, just like we have, just like black men and black women have trauma in our DNA, white people have guilt in theirs. That's right. And here it is, 
neither party really knows how to deal with it right. because it's never anything that's talked about. It's never anything that's expressed. And when you do not express something, when you do not get that out and you continually compress it, eventually there is an explosion. Mm-hmm. Eventually you find yourself sitting in a situation where you just, you're yelling at everybody. You're, 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 you don't want to be bothered with nobody. You're annoyed and agitated with everybody and you don't know where it came from. Um, I think this will be the last thing I'll say uh, is another thing we fail to realize is that a man downloads into a woman mm-hmm. information through his sperm. Mm-hmm. And if we have been programmed with a traumatic history, we continue to live those traumas. Sometimes we're living, we're living our great grandparents' traumas. We're living our great grandparents' uh, 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 um, frustrations and our great grandparents' fears. And we don't know how we got here. And, and because we don't talk, especially in the black community, we don't, we don't really talk. And because we don't talk, we don't understand where these feelings came from. Mm-hmm. And these feelings go uninvestigated. And in turn, we continue not to really have an understanding, a working knowledge of who we are as a people, who we are as, as spiritual beings, because black people are very spiritual beings, mm-hmm. very spiritual beings. And because we're very spiritual beings, uh, uh, spirit, spirit literally means uh, 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 awareness and consciousness. It means awareness right. and consciousness. And because we are spiritual beings, there are certain things in our awareness and in our consciousness that we have not investigated. Mm-hmm. And it's there, we see it, but we hide it. We, 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 we are, we're ashamed of it because we've been taught to be ashamed. We've been taught to be those who, who won't communicate it. Because when you don't, whenever you do not communicate, you always leave room for manipulation. That's right. And we have been manipulated throughout the years. At one point in time in my life, I remember having to argue with my brother. And I was telling my brother, I'm like, yo, we're we're post-racism now. And that was like maybe 15 years ago. And my brother was like, oh, oh, little brother, you just, you just, you're so gullible. You're so, you're so naive. And now I find myself so militant because my eyes have been open to the manipulation. The manipulation was that they just changed methods on how they exercise racism. They just changed methods on how they rape our society and our culture. They just changed methods. So, you know, I'll, I'll relinquish. I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> You're not being greedy at all. But I mean, everything that you said was was true. You know, that's why I say it is important for us to have this discussion and tie it back to what happened. Because we do not like to discuss what happened. We are a people that just want to deal with today. And this happened today. And this is what's going on right now. And you can't tell me. And it's like, no, 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 no. There is history behind this. There is a reason behind this. There is a reason for the struggle. There is a reason for the pain. There is a reason for the trauma. There is a reason that has been so embedded. That's why people are saying, I've seen comments, you know, talking about, 
some of the black community, oh, well, you don't even take care of your own communities. No, 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 pause, that's a lie. We do, and when we did, the government came in and ruined it. Right. Like, we truly study history, and we truly study the construct of our neighborhoods, and then what happened? You gotta remember, uptown you had the Black Panthers, you had the Young Lords, you know, you had the Black Panthers in, in California. They covered the neighborhoods. They took care, they, the Young Lords had their own um, medical centers, the Black Panthers' own medical centers where we could go and receive services for free because we could not afford, you know, to, to, to have medical coverage. And then what happened? You said no. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna flood the black neighborhoods with drugs. We're gonna flood the black neighborhoods with crime. We're gonna flood the black neighbor with guns. Like people don't want to talk about what happened to bring about today. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you when you you know and and I took some time yesterday because I had time since you know people were pissing me off so I had time to truly look up some statistics even on arrests. The truth of the matter is we do not hold the largest number of arrests. It's not African-Americans. It's actually Caucasians. They are more, their numbers are much higher than, and I looked in the FBI records just so that I know how to be, you know, you know, precise with my stuff. And I'm like, so, but when you see the images on TV, we have to understand this. When you see the images on TV, all you see is us. So you begin to think that they're crazy. See, they don't know how to act. See, they're not human. See, look at their behaviors. Look at how they think. Look at how they look at look look at what they're doing. No, 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 no. I think we need to roll a lot of this stuff back and begin to really do our research and understand the numbers and understand the data behind what's really going on. And part of what is happening is that, like I tell people all the time, y'all seem to think that the slave codes are gone. No, the slave codes are still here. They're just called laws. Mm-hmm. The slave codes went to the black codes, went to the good old Jim Crow, went to the good old law. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's how come we are treated differently. You could have a black person and a white person up against the same charge and that black person is going to get charged more severely and, and they're going to do a lot more time than that same white counterpart. That's facts. Right. And that's been going on. And a lot of that is because, like I said, listen, people have to understand human sexuality. It literally drives us. It has nothing. It, it 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 has less to do with sex than it is to do with how do you think, how do you behave, what is it that is embedded somewhere in your mind that tells me, you know what, I probably should go commit a murder today. That comes from somewhere. You didn't just wake up and be a murderer. You didn't just wake up and be a child molester. You didn't just wake up and be a bigamist. You didn't just wake up and say, I want to do polygamy today. You didn't just, there, these things, this wasn't, we didn't just wake up and say, oh, boom, I'm here, here, here I am, this time to be. No, all of this stuff comes from somewhere. And Chelsea, are you quiet? So I'm calling on you. 
I'm just quiet because I'm I'm taking in everything. Everybody's been saying right. such good stuff, and I'm like, okay. But um, I mean, so far, I'm 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 loving everything that's going on, and I agree with um, Jamel. You brought up some strong, strong points, and I'm uh, thankful for what you shared. I learned something that I was not aware of. Um, a lot of the things that took place historically. Um, within slavery as far as the things that you mentioned, especially with, um, I, I know definitely about the males and, you know, we know about the common portions, you know, the um, the master having the accessibility to basically any portion of the slave that he wanted, whether it was the mm -hmm. child, the husband or the wife, whatever he wanted, he took it. Um, as a matter of fact, my kids and I were watching Django not too long ago. And I know that that's a satire. Um, yes, so sir. obviously there's many portions that are not real. But it's just the fact that Quentin Tarantino was bold enough to even depict a portion of what possibly could have taken place as far as the beatings, the whippings, things of that nature, and how it is connected to our um, sexuality and how we see mm -hmm. ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. Um, you know, it, it, it's causing me to even look at who I am completely differently. Like, you know, when, when Nakia asked me, um, you know, about the sapiosexual and the demisexual, when I looked it up and was looking at what that actually meant, and now we're talking about the historical social construct behind it, it's like, okay, one and one is equal in two here. It's making sense. So, I think that you're right, Nakia. This is a, something that definitely has to be discussed and it needs to be discussed more often and especially with our current generation and especially with the George Floyd situation that's going on now with, with the protests and the Black Lives Matter and this, that, the other. Um, you're right, Jamel. If we don't stand for something, we do leave it open for manipulation and especially if we don't communicate it as well. I agree that we do need to look at who we are. I agree that history does need to be discussed. I agree that who our children are, this current generation in their 20s, you know, um, especially the teenagers, social media right hmm. now, mm -hmm. you know, TV, not even TV, sorry, social media is their idol. So whoever, whatever puts it on Instagram or TikTok, that's their Bible. That's what they're living by. So it is up to us who know better to begin to educate them. And, you know, Nakia, maybe you we need to do a TikTok and do something. You know what I'm saying? But just to get it out there so they can understand who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. I don't know about no the majority of them don't know. I don't know about no TikTok, man. <laughs> but, majority, but just as the just Jamel brought these points up. I can go back to some of the people in our 40s in my mm -hmm. age bracket. Mm -hmm. We have no clue. We have mm -hmm. no clue. So yeah, it needs us for sure. The problem, you know, one of the things that this one, let me tell y'all something. This as much as Martin and Lori and myself battled with me growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I am so thankful that Martin and Lori took the time to make sure that we were educated. I never forget, I said something, 
I'm not going to say that it was stupid, but well, according to my mother, it was stupid. Let me just say what she said. That was, she said that was, we were at the Black Expo. I never forget, because this, this is how traumatic that experience was for me. We were at the Black Expo at the Jacob Javits Center. I said something stupid. I don't know what I said. And she looked at me and she said, Nikita, that was stupid. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. And then she bought me a shirt that said, educate to elevate. And she said, and you're going to wear that shirt because you're never going to say something that dumb again. And she went on and on for a good hour about how dumb it was. And to the point where we were driving home in the car and my father was like, all right, well, you, you, you're going to leave her alone now. Right. Okay. We get the point. What she said was stupid, but you're not going to keep this going. Right. And so she finally stopped. But one of the things that my dad always instilled in me, he said, it's better for people to assume you a dummy than for you to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And those things stuck with me all the way through life at my good age of 39 right now so that I know when I speak, I better speak and be sure of what I'm saying. Right. Right. And the problem is, is that today we have a lot of people that are speaking and they're unsure of what they're saying. So now you're opening up your mouth and you're showing everybody that you're just a dummy. Right. And you're actually showing everybody that you lack the intelligence to even be speaking. Right. And I just feel that some people probably should have more Martin and Lori's in their life. Although we battle, but it prepared me for where I am today so that I understand who I am. And oftentimes what we fail to understand is that the concept of what, you know, people like to throw the Bible in our face, you know, because you're, you're a Christian, the Bible says slavery is okay. Pause. Let's run that back. That's not all the way true. And the type of slavery that was going on in the good days when Moses had to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, is not what black people endured in America's system of slavery. Okay. I can't stand that. It hurts my whole soul when I hear people say it. Okay. Well, they used about, we know what they use. Okay. And they use a good twisted version and they did not say all the scriptures and they did not use all the scriptures because guess what? I didn't see where Israel was being raped by Pharaoh. Thank you. I didn't see where Israel was being castrated. I didn't see, I didn't see that part. They had to work and guess what? And they was happy with the work they was doing because they wanted to go back. Okay. We didn't want to go back, truth be told. Now, there was some, okay, that got scared into staying, right? And why, why were they scared? Because of what took place if you left, if you rebelled, if you ran. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, they literally, let's think of Nat Turner. Nat Turner held, I think he, was, he held one of the first slave rebellions that we really know about, right? Okay. They cut his head off and left it hanging. So that the slaves will remember, when you see that, know that that's what's going to happen to you, right? Did we not just hear that on the news from our president? You got to make examples. You got to be dominant. 
That's why mm. I said, pay attention to the words that are being spoken today. Because if you pay attention to the words that are being spoken today, you will begin to realize that these words are echoing mm -hmm. slavery. Right. The concept is echoing slavery. And we don't we don't want to make two plus two equal four in this. We want to keep acting like two plus two is like negative 15. And it's not. It's always going to be four. That's what it is. And that's how it's going to be. And we don't want to deal with that. We have to understand that what took place during slavery was an assault on on a, on male masculinity and in female femininity. So that we were no longer feminine, we were no longer masculine, we were nothing. We were absolutely nothing. We were not even worthy of dignity. We were not worthy of respect. We were not worthy of honor. We were nothing. And when you tie that into what's going on today, you will begin to see this is the frustration. That's why people mad about, listen, I don't promote violence at all, but people mad about looting and rioting and all this stuff. When you tell a people that they are nothing and that you get to treat them as if they are nothing and you've been doing this for the last over 400 years, you've been doing this, and now it has become so deeply embedded in the system that the only thing people know how to do is rise up. That's why I said we are in a time of a great civil unrest because the people are tired and they're rising up. But now we have more voices that are rising with us. And the voices that are rising are the ones that are saying, you know what, enough is enough. Black lives matter, okay? Because we have now modern day Harriet Tubman's that are saying, you know what, I'm standing in the front lines with our brothers because they're getting murdered. We have modern day Nat Turner's that are saying, you know what, no, no, we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna live like this. We're gonna escape out of this way. We have modern day, even Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey was like, listen, I'm gonna need everybody to gather yourselves because we're gonna get this good boat and we're going back to Africa. That was his idea. We didn't go back, but that's not the point. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I'm just saying, that's what he, you know, he was gonna get the boats and the ships and we was going all the way back. But we are yet still here, praise God. But um, but now we're in a situation where we have people. That's why I said, you know, we have to, If it, I saw this meme and I'm so tired of people always associating Malcolm X with violence. Malcolm X was not a violent person, but what he did not believe in, he did not believe that you had the right to sick dogs on us and think I can't stick them back. That's that. Yeah. Okay. You don't have the right to dehumanize me. You don't have the right to humiliate me. You don't have the right to abuse me. You don't have the right to beat me. You don't have the right to desexualize me. You don't have the right to rape me. You don't have the right. You don't have the right. And, 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 if, and when we think about it, you don't have the right to castrate me. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have the right to literally basically take away my manhood. You don't have the right to take away my womanhood. And that's what's going on today. That's what has been happening ever since slavery. We have literally had our femininity and our masculinity taken away and stripped away from us. And now we're rising up to say, not no more. Because now you don't have this right anymore. Okay? And that's one of the reasons why 
I said the other day, our first strategy in everything that we need to do is now is unity. We have to unify as a whole, as a people. As, and I'm not just talking about just as black people, I'm talking about as people in general. When you see something that is wrong, you have to rise up against it. That's why, you know, I said people are like, oh, well, you know, white people need to speak out. I'm like, they've been speaking out. We had the abolitionist movement, did we not? We had the Freedom Riders, did we not? We had, there were so many movements. They were part of it. They, let's be let's be real here. They mm -hmm. funded it. Like we need to really study history. They funded it. They donated to it. This is not just, mm -hmm. when, no, this is not about that. This, this is about unifying on a large scale on what we need to do as a people. And whoever is not with us, goodbye. Because if you ain't with me, you against me. And if you against me, I don't need you, not right now. So you stay over there while we unify and then we strategize with our plans. And it's a very detailed plan on what we would need to do in order to eradicate this at its core. These things have been built into this the framework of the company right and anybody that has ever worked on any type of software and when you're when you work within an organization and they change and they, they got to change out their software right because they realize that their software is antiquated and now they need to rebuild so what happens you throw everything away that you did they supposed to because some people don't they don't know how to do that but they supposed to you throw away everything that you did and when you rebuild you rebuild from scratch and you build it up and you build it the right way okay and that's what needs to take place now we need a complete rebuilding of the rules, of the laws, of all of these articles, of everything. And it has to happen at the ground level. And what's going to happen is us as a people, let's just be real. When Trump got voted in, we didn't come out and vote. We didn't do what we were supposed to do in order to ensure that we would be okay. And you want to know why? Because everybody was mad at, at who, who was running. Oh, I don't want no woman. Well, you know what? Now look what we stuck with. We're stuck with a racist, misogynistic pig. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. One who believes in the system of slavery. One who believes you got to control them. One who believes yeah. you got to dominate them. One who believes you need to take them by their whip button. Let me tell you something. If they had whips, they'd be out there with whips right now. Oh, yeah. That's where we're at today. And that's why I have a problem with where we're at today, because we don't want to call it as it is. And we don't want to deal with what, what we're actually seeing. I know, you know, uh, on my job, uh, they and I, I was appreciative. They asked me if I was OK. You know what I'm saying? And I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And I'm okay with not being okay because I'm not okay because of what I'm seeing, right? And I said to them, I said, what is going on today? I feel like I'm in 2020, but I'm living in the 50s and the 60s because every time I turn on the TV, I'm seeing somebody getting shot at with rubber pellets and all this other foolishness that they got going on as instructed by their president, which is the same thing that was happening when we were, when some, some, someone actually said it, oh, just hose them, 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 just hose them down. So now bust out the fire trucks and spray water on them. But that's mm -hmm. what we're seeing on TV.
That's what we're seeing. We are seeing this on TV now in 2020. This is what we're seeing. This is what we have to explain to our children. We have to explain mm -hmm. to our children why they dehumanize us. We have to explain to our children why they want to humiliate us. We have to explain to our children why they want to uh, act violent towards us. We have to explain to why, why do they hate us? We have to explain this. And this is not okay. This is, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And it's never been okay. And the, the fact that it took, and, and, and it's sad because it's the fact that it took George Floyd's life for us to wake up. We saw this with Trayvon Martin. We saw this with Sandra Bland. We saw this with um, Corinne Stephens. We saw this, if that's her name, the young girl that was uh, out in, 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 in where was she at? Was she in Baltimore? Um, we saw this with Freddie Gray. We saw this with Tamir Rice. We saw this with Mike Brown. We saw this with Eric Garner. The fact that I can count off these names, we saw it. And we did not stand unified the way we're standing today because we did not want to face the harsh reality that this right here, this is happening. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of the situation. And it's been happening because now we're being raped in a different way. We're being sexually assaulted in a different way. Sexual assault is not just physical. That man was laid face down on that ground. No power, no power. To the point where even the people that were standing watch were scared to intervene. Think about it, could you intervene? at the risk of being shot by one of them three officers that was standing there, could you intervene? The only thing they could do was use their voice and they were basically told your voice means nothing. You are voiceless in this situation. I'm not getting off. I'm gonna stay right here where I'm at. You have no voice, you have no power and you have no authority over me. I'm the officer, I'm the overseer, I'm the HNIC up in these streets in Minneapolis. That's what they did. That's what they've been doing since slavery. That's what's happened right now. Because the truth of the matter is, if we truly study the history of policing in this country, we'll begin to really understand that all them overseers did from that good cotton field, from them tobacco fields, from them rice fields, all they did was become officers of the law. And it's been embedded ever since we were on the chain gangs. This is how you rule over them. This is how you control them. How in the world is it that all these crazy, psychotic, Caucasian people, you done shot up churches. What was what was the dude name that blew up the buildings in Oklahoma? You had the other one that was yeah. down here in, uh, uh, um, what was that, in Georgia, setting off bombs and stuff. They all get to go to jail. All of them. Mm -hmm. They get to see a day in court. You have a 12-year-old little boy playing outside in Chicago with a toy gun, murdered, nothing. Mike Brown, what, suspected of stealing something out of a convenience store? Murdered. Trayvon Martin, walking home, murdered. You weren't even a cop. And stand your ground? Yeah. <laughs> but this been going on. Yeah. But because we don't want to tie it back to the root, we don't want to deal with the root cause. We don't want to deal with roots here. 
We just want to deal with surface. We want to look, you know what? That was wrong. No, no, no. Let's deal with where it started from. Because the only way how we can move past this is if we begin to recognize and realize where did this start? And it started at slavery. When you told us, you know what? You're only three fifths of a person. So for every slave you got, we're going to count them as three fifths. And we're still being treated as if we are three fifths. We are marginalized in this society. And just because we got a right to work and make money and 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 and, and buy, you know, people people get that man. Listen, they get that crap twisted. Oh well, well, you know, you know, we 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 can work, okay. And praise God that I am able to make a living, okay. Thank you for your services. Does that mean that I then have to lose my basic right as a human being because you've allowed me to work? That was one of the things, if people truly study Martin Luther King the way they're supposed to, he said it. He said, I should not have integrated into the society this way because how do I integrate into, into a society without providing economic power? It makes no sense. Rosewood, anybody? Black Wall Street, anybody? Like, we forget, how soon do we forget that even post-slavery, we were striving? And then what happened? So, Nakia, what happens? What happens when we when we acknowledge? OK, so we, we acknowledge the history. We acknowledge what happens when we move forward. That's how do we take so look, right here? Right mm -hmm. here, those of us watching this right now, we've accepted it, we have acknowledged it. How do we take that and say, this is what we need to do to begin making change, effective change? Because now that you're, you know, you know how every everything happens with an awakening, right? So once you're awakened Correct. to truth, then change can come, right? Mm -hmm. So once you're awakened to the system, we have to become, and this is why it's important to know lawyers, right? It's important to know uh, people that are not within your same realm and in your same position as, as you are. Um, because when you begin to truly study civil rights law and you begin to really peel back the layers of it, you'll begin to realize that even within the confines of civil rights law, we still yet have no rights. It's it's crazy. So now what you have to do is yeah. you, you now have to begin to I see someone just said we have to we need to change our mindset because it does first start in our mind. We have to change how we view ourselves to understand that we do have power. We do have authority. And, you know, we, we like to quote that in the Bible. God gave me I got power. But we don't we don't act like it outside of church. We want to have all the power and authority inside of a building. But when it come outside, we want to act afraid and docile. And we also need to understand who who are our community leaders. Who are the leaders within our community that we can team up with? We want to, this is not something that you can do by yourself. You have to literally join a team. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I literally volunteered with um, Sean King yesterday. He sent out the email. I was like, I'm down to join grassroots. Why? Because this is how we begin to mobilize. This is how we begin to stabilize. This is how we begin to enact change. And until we start to mobilize, we're gonna keep facing the same things. Because we have to understand something. We had awesome leaders before. Mm -hmm. We just didn't back them the way we were supposed to. Right. Yeah. We turned against them. Yeah. 
You know how many black people I have heard literally talk down about the Black Panther movement? Yes. I just got into a um, heated discussion. This is very odd. I just got into a, a discussion with a, I think he was 29, 28, 29 year old black um, neighborhood guy. We were having a conversation <clears throat> and this is right before the protest broke out here in Philly. I think they were just protesting. We hadn't had any looting or anything. And I was naming different civil rights activists and things. And every time I named one, he could tell me all the bad they did and why, you know, what have they done for us lately? And he named all the bad stuff. And I said to him, if every time somebody look at you and you went to jail for a felony, and every time you try and do something, everybody pulls up your wrong, how would that make you feel? I said, yeah, they did some wrong, just like you did some wrong. But if we don't back them, we don't get no change. Mm. If we don't unify and come together, and I think that's the mm. other thing we have to talk about is how, yes, the younger generation under us um, has a oomph about them, a strength, um, a tenacity, a resiliency about them. But there is also a downfall of them that they look at everybody as what you would call an Uncle Tom or a coon, or, you know, if it wasn't in their era, they don't recognize if their name's not in light what uh, things they have done to further the agenda of African Americans. Mm -hmm. And so that's another part of the conversation that I think we need to have too. I think with the younger generation, what they're looking for is a strong leader. And what they're seeing is, is that people start and they don't finish. And I think that, you know, one, one of the things my sister said to me today that my nephew had asked her, he said, so mom, I could just be walking down the street and they could shoot me. When you look at it that way with this with this younger generation, what they're basically saying is, I don't see hope in none of y'all. Y'all talk a hmm. good game. Y'all <laughs> walk a good game. But I don't see any action with your game. And that's the problem that we see today. And that's why, you know, in order for us to engage this younger generation, the, these millennials, we're going to have to be about our business and be about it seriously and stop just talking about it. That's why I said, you know, there are a lot of things that I do, I don't talk about it, right? And I don't talk about it because I'm just like, you know what, sometimes it's just about doing it. You know, my other nephew, uh, he texted me the other day and he was like, Titi, are you out protesting? I said, no, I'm, I'm, not. I'm not, I'm not out there. And because he would expect that that's something that I would do, but and that might have been something I would have did back when I was like 19, you know, 20, 21. I would have. But today I have a different responsibility and I have a different assignment. So that's not where I'm at. But I bless the Lord for those who are outside and who are protesting and who are literally putting their, the ones that are protesting, you know, the way that, that we should protest. 
I'm not talking about people that just want to run inside and steal out of stores. I'm not talking about them. But um, I commend them for what they're doing because that's their assignment. You know, and we everybody has to operate within the realm that they are chosen to operate in. That's not my assignment for today. My assignment for today is something different. And I'm going to, you know, execute that. But one of the other assignments that I have is I'm saying, like, we have to educate our children because they are that generation and they need to understand that there are movements out here. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is a powerful movement. It's one of the movements that is kind of very hard to get in, to get to get in, <laughs> to be honest. But it's a powerful movement. Um, the grassroots movement with with Sean King. That's a powerful. Honestly, I believe I've been a part of them for uh, the last couple of years now. Um, and we are given assignments here. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to call here. I need you to call there. That's how we can enact change but we have to become a part of a movement. We can't just keep talking about, about it. Become a part of it. Join in and join the fight and don't be afraid. I am not, I said, listen, I don't have time to be scared of nobody in this season and in this time, because guess what? Uh, I have black nephews. I have a black father. I have black uncles, cousins, uh, black aunts. You know, sisters, all, I don't have time because if, like I told my sister, because if something happened to anybody in my family, I'm turning all the way up and you're not going to get me to turn off, mm. period. You know, people are asking, well, how could you agree with the rioting and the looting? How could I not? Because guess what? If that was my son, if that was my husband, if that was my brother, if that was my uncle, y'all better turn up. So why would I not agree with it? Why would I not? Now, do I like the fact that people's property are being destroyed? Absolutely not. I don't like it, but I understand it because turn up because it's time now. It's time for people to stop treating us as if we do not matter and as if we are not human, deserving of a basic human right. But I think the key is what you said when we're talking about the younger generation is number one, education. Number two, understanding that everybody has a different assignment mm -hmm. and everybody's assignment is not to be out there on the front lines. And that's what I was trying to explain to the young gentleman. Everybody is not going to be out there fighting on the front lines. There are things that's being mobilized and done in the background logistically um, that we don't really see. And just because certain people's names is not on it doesn't mean they didn't have anything to do with the movement or uh, progressing uh, where we want to be. And I think the mindset of the young generation right now um, can kind of be our downfall because yes, do I understand the looting and the the level of anger um, and disappointment and hopelessness that we feel in our community? I do, but I live in a community in Philadelphia where there is no grocery stores and the pharmacies and everything is closed because they tore down their own community. 
I think one of the main things that has to happen is this. Uh, the, he calls the young because they're strong. Mm-hmm. He calls the older because they're wise. The youth definitely have the strength to get the job done, but the wisdom needs to be added. But the older generation is not presenting themselves as people to give instruction. And the youth will not take instruction. And when you when when there are some who do present themselves, the youth will not take instruction from people who have no works. Mm-hmm. They want to know what have you done. Let me see what you've done. Let me see what you're what you're building. Let me see some proof, some reason. Give me some reason to follow. Um, if we if we really think about it, uh. Jesus was a youth when he was turning over those tables in the temple. But Jesus had the wisdom as well. He had the wisdom to know when to do what he did. There is a time for you to go in and you go in as, as, as a, a roaring lion. But then there's another time where you have to strategize. There was another time where you you have to come together with a plan. You have to work with other people. One of the biggest issues within um, our communities is that everybody wants the limelight. Everybody wants to be in front of the cameras. Everybody wants to do that. And being in front of the cameras, being in the limelight comes with a responsibility. And people don't understand that. There's a responsibility that you have now once you're in front of that camera. Now you just can't act any type of way. Now you just can't enact any type of foolishness. Now you must present yourself as one who is wise because the camera is on you. The light is being sh- is shined on you now. The other part is um, I kind of want to bring it back to uh, the sexuality of it uh, is the fact that it's almost as if you have a child who was not taught you know, when I was younger, my, my mother and my father didn't talk to me about sex. They didn't talk to me about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I had cousins who who put me on to certain things. And, you know, me, I ended up losing my virginity at a very early age, 11 years old. And I lost it to a grown woman, which in turn had me just... All over the place. I was just all over the place. All over for a long while. I was just all over the place. You know? And that's what the youth are today. And in terms of no one has sat down and talked to them and really given them open, honest answers concerning what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can see Last night I was talking with my niece and I had to really let her know, you know, like, yo, there, there's some things that you're going to experience as a young woman that you shouldn't have to experience. Mm-hmm. But let me open your eyes to it so that when you see it from afar off, you can make a detour or you can or you can strategize on how to nullify it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we don't want to have these open conversations, especially when it comes down to sexuality, politics, and religion. 
those three things, we don't want to talk about real stuff. And when it comes to it, now we have these kids full of, of, of rage, full of energy. And not only that, but we forget that they, they've been locked up for the whole year. Hmm. Locked up in the house. So that's a whole bunch of pent-up energy. And it's a shame that those that are 40 and up have not taken the time to really invest in the young people and say, hey, you know what? You guys have, have all this energy and y'all are doing a great job. You have brought attention. You have brought this whole country to attention now. Now let's bring them to our knees. Let's bring them to their knees. And this is how we're going to do it. This is the strategy. This is the instruction. This is this is how we're going to do it. I mean, it, 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 it takes certain things that are just as... I'm sorry, guys. It, it takes certain things that are just as simple as at, at, at where I worship, we feed the community. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, you know, and then we, we make sure that when we speak, we, we, we speak to the people in our community so that they can feel comfortable in knowing that there is a place they can come if things get crazy. There's a place that they can come when they don't understand. There's a place that they can come when they feel like they don't have have the wisdom on what to do. I don't I don't even know what to do. Unfortunately, we've we've just the older generation has dropped the ball. We've dropped the ball. And, and but that but so and that's why we we and here we are. You know what I'm saying? In order for us to have a an open and honest discussion because like I said, if we truly study human sexuality, it literally is something that drives how we think, mm -hmm. it drives how we feel, and it drives mm -hmm. our behaviors. And if we understand that in the social concept of human sexuality, we will begin to understand that it also shapes how we dress, how I might joke around with you. It, it, it's going to shape how I even verbally communicate with you. This is what it is. And if I have a perverted sexuality, then I'm going to have a perverted thought. And perversion is, you know, we every time people think of perversion, we think say, no, perversion is anything that is sick, twisted, and demented that formulates in your mind. You then begin to act it out because you have not been taught truthfully human sexuality and how normal it actually is. Mm -hmm. you know? And and a lot of it, like I said, it goes back to how we are shaped. There are certain conversations that we just did not have. Listen, I told y'all on Facebook a while ago um, when I was joking, um, but I wasn't joking, I was serious. Um, I believe when I was like 10, 11 years old and my mother played that song, Tonight is a Night, 
I believe to her that was her opening of to, to try and have a, a conversation with me about sex. But when I responded to the song the way that I did, she was like, clearly you ain't ready and we just gonna, we, we gonna exit stage, you know, over here. And I don't know, we'll discuss this at a later date. But that later <laughs> date never really happened, right? You know, it didn't necessarily happen. And, um, and here we are today, right? But a lot of how I was raised, what I saw, what I experienced, right? Drove how I viewed myself. And then it drives our actions. And then it formulates us into this human being that has a sexuality that we don't quite understand. And when you don't understand your sexuality, then you don't understand your thoughts. You don't understand your communication. You don't understand how you feel. You don't understand your behaviors. You begin and you begin to operate in this realm of such a lack of understanding. And then you wonder why there then erupts chaos. And then your your chaos erupts, and now you're in a corrupt system. And now you're stuck looking like this meme right here, like, I don't know, right? And it all goes back to, I wasn't taught right. Mm. I, I was told that this sexuality thing is taboo and I can't discuss how I'm feeling. I can't discuss my emotions. I can't discuss this. I can't discuss that. I can't talk. I can't talk about it. So I got to mm -hmm. keep this on the hush. I can't, I can't discuss this, you know? And I think that that right there in itself has truly harmed us. It has hindered us and it has caused us to be in the, in the state of where we are today. And now we have to talk about it so that we can move ourselves outside of this state and into a better state and into a state that is ready, willing and able to help and push and drive because we need to this generation because I do not want to see another image of a black man, black boy, black woman, black girl being murdered in the streets by those whom are paid to protect and serve. Mm. I don't want to see that anymore. And I think that if we begin to have open and honest conversations, this is why this podcast began and it's called The Muzzle is Off because I believe that we need to have the conversation about things that have been so taboo that we refuse to talk about it. And when we don't talk about it, we fail to acknowledge it. And when we don't acknowledge it, it breathes and it blows up into something that we can't even fathom and something that we don't even necessarily wanna see. And that's why we are here today to truly discuss human, that this whole month, every Wednesday this month at 7 p.m., this is what we're gonna be talking about, human sexuality, because it's, 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 it's such a broad topic and it's something that absolutely needs to be dissected and it has to be understood, you know, because we need to know what drives us this human sexual, this, it, it, is a, it drives us and we don't recognize that it's actually our driver. Somewhere in our mind, we just think that, I don't know who we think is driving, but you know, some people, whatever, this is a driver. 
Okay, because it, it's formulated back here. It's formulated within our mind. It's formulated in, in our being. It's formulated in what we see. And we, we have to be open and we have to be honest about that. And we got to talk about it and we need to drill this in so that we can move forward. And that, that's why we are here today. It, does anybody want to have, have any closing statements? Because we've been on here for like an hour and a half and I don't like being this long-winded. <laughs> sure, I would love to have a <laughs> Um, if I may say, we said, um, um, one of us said something earlier about, uh, we was only, uh, considered three fifths of a human. Well, if you look at, uh, fractions, that's a good thing because if we can somehow mend our communities, we're all going to become a whole, um, yeah. a community is only defined as a community when you have a certain set of boundaries, you have to define the community, but you only can do that in boundaries. Now, someone else said something earlier about, uh, about oh man it just flipped my mind being on the front lines um in in my worldview right now where you're at right now is your front line mm -hmm. um i work with kids and when it comes to what what am i fighting on my front line i'm fighting for misdiagnosis uh kids on meds that shouldn't be on meds uh kids are talking to people who aren't safe Everyone that you're talking to don't have your best interests at heart. Um, and we have to understand as a community, as a whole, that there is money to be made in this function. Um, that's why we have reality TV. That's why they promote, they show the uh, riots in the, um, in the people that are looting. It's money to be made. It's money to be made, but only when we stop operating as three-fifths and operating as a whole, that's when we're going to... Uh, truly affect our community. It's not that it's just on the older generation, the younger generation, the middle generation. It's on everybody because if one side gives up, the other side is going to have to bear a burden that it wasn't intended to bear. And anything that's bearing a burden that's um that's not that it's not intended to bear is eventually going to give out. And so I'm glad that you invited me on here. Um I'm very much so for community. Um, and I just encourage everyone on here, you know, to keep fighting for the community because sexuality is a big key. You know, like Nikita said, it's how it, how it drives us. Our younger generation, they're suffering. Um, some of it's from uh, low self-esteem. Why? Because they don't have that multi-generational aspect. You know, parents can't just parent by themselves. They need their parents. But the reality is sometimes their parents aren't there. And it's nothing more healthy and yes, there are families out there that aren't healthy, but there also are families that are healthy that are raising generation, um, um, generational kids that are going to be able to affect also the next generation after them. That are raising generation, um, um, generational kids that's that are going to be able to affect the next generation after them. Once again, thank you for having me on. Um, and I appreciate this conversation. I learned a lot, um, and I look look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Anyone else have any closing remarks? Um, I, the, the only thing I'll say is that um, if we learn how to not allow our comforts and our conveniences to control us, that we'll be much more effective in having a desire to do the work. Uh, most of the times we're dumbed down by society, because society gives us a whole lot of comforts and conveniences. 
and it makes you not want to fight because you feel good where you are. You feel good with what you have and what and with what you're doing. I have a good job. I'm a police officer. I have a good job. Why I don't want to give it up? No, I'm making good money. You know, but in the end, revolution demands a sacrifice. Revolution demands a sacrifice. And if we don't give that sacrifice, then things will continue to be what they are. So let's just be careful with how we give in and submit to our comforts and our conveniences. And thank you for this time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Chelsea or Gail, any closing remarks? Um, I'll just say this was more than enlightening. It was empowering for us as a people, for us as a culture. Um, this is very much needed for such a season as this. I'm going to say a time, a season as this. Um, I thank you, Nakia, for um, having the boldness and the confidence to even publicly begin to address what has been muzzled. So mm. I am looking forward to the upcoming conversations and looking forward to seeing how this particular grassroots conversation, how it can be effective going forward. Thank you again, Nikia. Appreciate you. Appreciate My you. My fearless sister. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just say in closing, um, this gave me a new perspective on a few things. Um, but while you were speaking of human sexuality and how it goes back, one of the things that I thought about was um, Freud um, discussing the, uh, the, the developmental cycles mm -hmm. of a child. And if you guys have a chance to um, ever take a look at that, everyone, every cycle that he talked about had a sexual um, context to it. So it was the anal stage, and I can't remember them all in its in its uh, order. But um, he had a grasp on this before anybody else, and he talked about the development of a person through different sexual terms. So um, that this conversation actually helped me see that and, and draw the parallel. Um, lastly, um, I think we do all have to join and become community. Um, the only way that we'll get to the end that we wanna see is that we join forces and come together as a whole. Um, one, one side can't fight the battle alone. So we need each and every one of us to continue this fight and battle. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to thank all of y'all for truly being my first guest, um, for helping me to launch and, uh, and, 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 and do this. Um, I have been literally thinking about doing this for a long time and just would not. And I thank y'all, okay? I, I really and truly thank y'all and I appreciate y'all for agreeing to even come on and what a lot of y'all don't know is that literally yesterday I, I changed the topic. So yeah, it, was, it was always human sexuality, but I changed the scope of it because 
I said, for the time in which we are in, we have to discuss what we are seeing. And we have to, and 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 I, I literally said, I said, Lord, I don't fully understand how this ties into human sexuality. And I, the pieces literally started to be put together um, in order to understand what's happening. And I think one of the things that, what I will say in closing is that what we have to understand is that um, human sexuality can be described uh, as like these, it's like these human drive states, right? And what they, what those drive states basically say is what is used in order for us to accomplish goals. And I think now if we begin to understand um, how we behave, how we think, how we act, how we move, we will then begin to accomplish the goals that we set forth out to accomplish. We have uh, historically, we have started a lot of great movements, but we have not fully accomplished the goals of those movements. Um, and not due to our own self, but due to, you know, leadership passing, leadership being murdered, leadership, you know, whatever happened with leadership. And then the voices that were supposed to, you know, you know, carry the uh, the baton that, that the baton was passed to uh, weren't as effective as the leaders that we actually did have in place that were driving the change. So I think now that we are literally dissecting human sexuality. If we view it, like I said, in the social construct and understanding that this is going to drive us into um, accomplishing our goals. Um, and it's also something that is used to help us to motivate us to accomplish our goals and something that is also linked to our survival. If we begin to view it in that realm, we'll begin to understand just how powerful we actually are. And we'll begin to be able to mobilize together um, as a unit and uh, truly begin to change things. I believe that due to uh, the revolution now being televised um, and due to the fact that we are not backing down, um, we, we, are, we are moving in this direction. And I just want to continue to drive the conversation forward. I'm not going, I don't want to go back, but sometimes we need to look back and see where we came from in order to drive forward so that we know what we're battling and what we're up against, where the anger comes from, where the hurt comes from, where the pain comes from, where the trauma comes from, where the tears come from, where the frustration has, is coming from. And then we're able to now say, okay, now game on, let's go to war and let's fight. So I just want to thank everybody that is viewing it, will view, will view, will listen uh, to this podcast. I want to thank y'all again, because I truly appreciate the fact that you sacrificed your time today and the fact that I literally uh, changed the topic as of yesterday and that you guys still were, were ready and able and uh, prepared to actually come on and give some real good feedback. Um, I want everybody to know that I truly love y'all. Um, I love everybody. Um, I want us to be empowered. I want us to be strengthened even in this time. Um, everything that we are facing is not meant 
to destroy us. It is not even going to break us, but it is going to lift us up and carry us forward. And I want us to have the wherewithal to understand that we are literally moving forward. We are not fearful. We are not scared. Um, we might be a little uncertain. We might be a little unsure, but we are not fearful and we are not scared. Fear does not drive us. Fear does not rule us. And um, there's change. You know, it, it, it's sad that this had to happen, but now change is here and we need to walk in that change and in the shift that is literally taking place even across this land. This is not just affecting our country. It is affecting over in the UK. It is affecting everywhere. People are right. seeing and people are saying enough is enough. What in the hell is going on in that United right. States of America? What in the hell is going on with that president? And they are seeing it now for what it is. And I will say this, this is something that Malcolm X was working on because he said, I believe America needs to be held accountable for her crimes against the black people, okay? And now, if we look at it, now America will be held accountable for her crimes against us. This is deep-rooted. This was a crime, okay? And they have fought tooth and nail not to pay us our reparations for the crime. This was a crime. This was not something like, oh, it's like, no, this was a crime. You robbed us of, of our land. You robbed us of our identity. This is a crime. And right now, America is being charged in the public court of opinion for these crimes. And now we need to mobilize and really charge America for her crime. That's what, pay very, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, pay very close attention to why, why does Trump want to uh, not be a part of the World Health Organization? Why, there, there's so many different, there, there's so many different avenues and there's so many different realms of what's actually going on that we really need to pay attention to because the truth of the matter is, America needs to be charged for her crimes and we are deserving of the reparations. And I'm not talking about no 40 acres and a mule because I ain't doing nothing with a mule in New Jersey. Hello. Okay. I'm not doing nothing with that, but if they could pay the native Americans. If they can pay them for their crimes against them, then they can pay the African-American people for their crimes against us. And that's where, that's where we need to be going towards. Yeah, we want to we, we eradicate laws. We want to do all that stuff. But America owes us something. And America needs to pay. And it is time now for America to pay because this is a travesty of what happened to our men and our women, to our ancestors. It is a travesty. And this should not have been allowed to happen. And we are seeing this, we are seeing this travesty take place over and over and over again. And now there's a cry that went out to the land. And the truth of the matter is, is that I believe that the Lord has heard the cry that is coming from the land. And now there is an answer. And that answer has been unity. And that answer has been mobilized. And that answer has been strategized. And I will say this. And one of the things that we truly learn, if we truly study the battles of the Bible, and we truly study even, there's a book out called, you know, The Battle of the Mind. One of the things that you have to do in order to win is you have to strategize, even in your thinking. And that's one of the things that we have not been very successful at doing. We strategize and we mobilize for like three months and then it just falls off until the next big thing happens. And we're like, oh, we're remobilizing again. No, we got to stay on the steady course of this mobilization and get it done, period. We can't take no shorts. We can't take no ends. We got to get this all the way done. And I, I believe that 
by having open and honest conversations, this is where we're going. We're going to get the job done this time. And if we don't, we got to stop complaining. Point blank, period. Right. That's it. So thank y'all. I thank everybody for uh, tuning in to my very first podcast. Like I said, um, this will be Aaron. We will be here. I will be here. There will be other guests here. People will be here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, this is what I am going to be doing. And I'm going to be broadcasting um, on all of my Facebook pages. It's even being broadcast on, uh, on YouTube. Um, we're, we're going to do this. And um, you will basically, you will, you will see all of the information. You will see flyers. You will see everything going. Um, I even have t-shirts made by my friend Chantel. Y'all see my shirt? Y'all know y'all really can't see. I need, I need to get taller, but that's okay. One day I'll grow. Today's not that day. It's all right. But um, she made me podcast. Okay. Listen, uh, listen. Okay. And I love it too, because this is what it means. It says, so basically it says Nikia Monet presents the muzzle, the muzzle is off podcast. And then it says unfiltered, uncut, uninhibited. That's what we're having here. We're having unfiltered, uncut, uninhibited conversations on this podcast and we're going to talk about it all and that's how it's going to be and and at the end of the day i don't care who gets upset i don't care who doesn't like it i don't care who doesn't agree because everybody doesn't have to agree but this is what we're going to do on this side of the muzzle is off podcast we're going to talk about what you don't want to talk about and we're going to discuss what you don't want to hear point blank period the end that's how it's going so thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for giving me even of your time. I truly appreciate I appreciate every single comment. I have seen y'all's comments and I thank y'all for joining in. Tune in next week. We are still going to be talking about human sexuality and we're just going to continue to break this down. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.